Today, from the International Gospel Hour, let us rightly divide the word of truth as taught in 2 Timothy 2.15, and let's see the work of Christ and the two covenants, or, as we are familiar, the Old and the New Testaments. That's today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you to our J-Web and greetings to all of you. We are honored that you join us here on our studies at the International Gospel Hour. And to our new listeners, we are honored that you are taking the time to tune into our broadcast to study the Word of God together. We want to bring forth what God's Word has to say for our lives in order that we may live and to walk in His way and His way alone. The psalmist said in Psalm 119.105 that God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Through our broadcast, you will hear us in the study of the Word of God, and we will not ask you for your money for anything, friends. We don't want your money. We're grateful for your interest and the things that be of God. With that being said, let's consider as we begin what is called the most loving passage in the Bible and the most beloved passage. In John 3, verses 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Notice, dear friends, from verse 16, God willingly gave, and in verse 17, God willingly sent. How thankful we are! that God loved us so much that He gave His most precious gift, Jesus Christ. The old beloved hymn asked the question, Why did my Savior come to earth? Well, dear friends, the answer, Well, yes, because He loved me so. And within His love there are so many things to consider. For example, have you ever thought about the love of God in sending Christ that address the very scripture that you and I have, the Holy Bible? Divided into two sections, we know them as the Old and New Testaments, but they're also properly defined as the Old and New Covenants. Numerous individuals pick up the Bible and wonder how these two sections of scripture work together. Are they different? Are they the same? What is the distinction? And you know, friends, many times folks become frustrated with the Bible. But God never intended for people to be frustrated with His Word. God has always declared unto man what He wants man to do. And He's been been very clear in that declaration, and especially through the Bible. In a recent survey, I noted that how Bible reading seems to have declined in the past couple of years. And at the time I am recording this broadcast, we have come out from under the pandemic of the COVID virus. It is amazing how that has declined even during such a challenging time. 
Dear friends, if you are among those that are finding a challenge with the Bible, we hope this will be your broadcast today. As a matter of fact, we will share with you a free Bible study course that you can do by mail at your own at your own time. It's absolutely free. You can move at your own pace. Also, we're going to share with those of us who, well, shall I say, are a little bit more uh, technically apt or technically uh, uh, a good technical usage. I'll get the words out shortly, friends. But we have an app for a smartphone that you can use in study. We want to help you here at International Gospel Hour. So we're going to go back to the cross and see God's great love unto the world through Christ as we consider Christ and the covenants. But first, again, dear friends, thank you for tuning in and listening. And to our new listeners, we want to let you know a little more about our work here at International Gospel Hour. Here is our J-Webb once again. Since 1934, the International Gospel Hour has been heard over the radio. Did you know through God's will that we've been blessed to remain on the air through gracious giving of congregations of churches of Christ, faithful Christians, and devoted friends? That's why you will never hear us asking for money or for any type of donation from you, our listeners. Our offers of material and study aids are absolutely free. We plea for you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you always for listening. Let's continue our broadcast. And now, here's Jeff. Dear friends, let's discuss Christ and the covenants first fulfilled in word. Now, it is interesting to see what Jesus says immediately in Matthew 5.17 as he begins the Sermon on the Mount. He has spoken of the Beatitudes as we refer to them in verses 3-12. through 12. He reminds them how they are to be lights of the world and cities on a hill and salt of the earth in verses 13-16. through 16. And then Jesus gets right into it when he says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, dear friends, that was so important for his listeners, especially during this time of his earthly ministry. For we note in Matthew chapter 3 that we learn of John the Baptist that was the forerunner of Christ and the baptism of Christ. In chapter 4, Jesus has been tempted of the devil. He has also preached that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is bringing forth teaching that's unlike anything they had ever heard. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew seven twenty-eight and 29, the Bible ta- teaches us that when Jesus had finished those sayings, the people were astonished or amazed at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So when Jesus said, Think not, I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. There were those looking at Jesus. Some even called him a blasphemer. Some even said he had a demon. It was amazing the accusations in the earthly ministry of Jesus that simply were not true. Now, dear friends, his fulfillment of the law and the prophets was brought forth prior to his ascension. Here's what he said in Luke 24, verse 44. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke unto you, 
while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now, to fulfill, or the definition to fill it full, to fulfill the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, to fulfill these things, is a word that means it is to become or to take place. You know, the Apostle Paul affirmed in Romans 10 and verse 4 that Christ is the end of the law. We even note in such text as Galatians chapter 3, verses 22 through 25, how the law was our schoolmaster or tutor to bring us unto Christ, meaning that the tutor or the schoolmaster in the old King James Version would prepare the child to be taught. Once the schoolmaster or the tutor brought the child to the teacher, the job was done. The teaching of Galatians 3:22-25 is how the law was our schoolmaster. Once it brought us to Christ, Paul said in Galatians 3:26, we are no longer under the schoolmaster or the tutor. Christ is the end of the law. To fulfill, Jesus said, this is to become. I am to fulfill this. This is to take place. Now, dear friends, please notice that this statement in Luke 24:44 is prior to his ascension into heaven, so we know that it was after his death upon the cross. Now, please keep that in mind, that Jesus, with his death upon the cross, not only do we see Christ in the covenants fulfilled in word, but number two, Christ in the covenants fulfilled in action. Now, dear friends, we're going to see the power of the cross and the death that he died that expressed his great love for man and to see its effect within the covenants of God. We're going to be looking at three areas of text for the next few moments. Ephesians 2, 13 through 18, Colossians 2, 14 and 15, and Hebrews 8, 6 through 13. So, let's, if you will, biblically speaking, Gird up our loins and let's begin. Let's listen to Ephesians 2, verses 13 through 18, that says, But now in Christ Jesus you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now he mentions in verse 13 those far off, or the old King James Version, afar off. Now dear friends, those would be the Gentiles who had obeyed the gospel. Remember on the day of Pentecost when the Jews had come near, that in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, after the preaching of the gospel, they were pricked in the heart and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter replied unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
For the promise is made unto you, and unto your children, and unto those who are afar off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. So those that were afar off were the Gentiles, those who, according to Romans 1, lived as a moral law, respecting the law. But how clear it is in Ephesians 2, 13-18, that the wall of partition between Jew and Gentile would be broken down. After all, in Acts chapter 10, did not the gospel go unto the Gentile nation through Cornelius and the preaching of Peter? Indeed it did. And so in Acts 2 and verse 39, the far off would be the Gentiles. Now notice, back to verse 13 of Ephesians 2, they were brought near by the blood. Now may we ask a question, where was the blood of Christ shed? Well, obviously, upon the cross. He broke down a middle wall between Jew and Gentile, thus making two into one. And in verse 16, we see that that is done by the cross or through the cross of Christ. Now, we go back to verse 15, and we note how he had abolished in his flesh, or the cross, if you will. Now, what did he abolish? Well, according to verse 15, he abolished the commandments or the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Now, dear friends, are we understanding that the cross of Jesus Christ took away the old covenant? Well, in that it did. It made two one, and through him, Paul said, that we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, let's continue these thoughts into Colossians 2, verses 14 and 15. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now, contrary, the word there, which was contrary to us, meaning it was opposed to us with a meaning of, get this folks, violently opposed to us or set against us. Now, that doesn't mean that the law of the Old Testament was bad. But being contrary to us, Paul is bringing forth that this is something that is not for us. The handwriting of requirements. And let's go back and bring in Ephesians 2.15 and Matthew 5.17. Now remember, in Matthew 5.17, Jesus said he came not to destroy. Yet, in Ephesians 2.15, the scriptures affirm he abolished in the flesh the law. So, this would bring up a question. Is this not a contradiction? You know, dear friends, as we began studying our broadcast, this very well could be something that a person in reading the Bible could just throw up their hands and say, this doesn't make sense. Dear friends, bear with us, because this is not a contradiction of Matthew 5.17 or Ephesians 2.15. Not when we understand what the words mean. Now, in Matthew 5, verse 17, the word destroy means to tear down or demolish. Now, Jesus' teachings were not to demolish what had gone before, but to fulfill them or complete them, which he did, as we noted earlier in Luke 24, 
verses 44 and following. So Jesus did not come to destroy, he came to fulfill. He knew what his approach would be. If he came to destroy, then what he would have done was tear down the law with nothing to replace it. That was not part of God's eternal purpose, beloved friends. Now let's think about the word abolish. Now in the biblical sense, abolish means to render idle or to be inoperative or to deprive of force. Now let me give you those definitions again. Abolish in the biblical sense means to render idle, inoperative, or to deprive of its force. So as Jesus completed or fulfilled the law, the law no longer had the force or power that it once did. Now the law still serves a purpose. Listen to Paul in Romans 15:4 when he speaks that the things are written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and the comfort of the Scriptures we might have hope. We can go back to the Old Testament and learn some valuable lessons that are applicable even to today. Now, notice Jesus wiped out the handwriting of requirements. Now, the word wiped out means to wipe off or to wash away, to obliterate or to cancel out. Something handwritten in authority, an ordinance, a law, or a decree that he wiped out the handwriting of requirements. He wiped out, if you will, the old covenant nailing it to the cross. Now, dear friends, let's parallel Ephesians 2, verse 15 here once again. Having abolished in his flesh, having rendered idle in his flesh, having deprived in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments. So, the law of commandments is a parallel to the handwriting of requirements contained in ordinances. He wiped that out. He rendered it idle so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. He's bringing forth a covenant that will bring peace unto man and peace between Jew and Gentile. Here's our third text. Listen to Hebrews 8, verses 6 through 13. Speaking of the Christ, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now verse 13 of Hebrews 8, In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. 
Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Now, dear friends, from verses 8 through 13 of Hebrews 8, we see this is the prophecy of the new covenant that would come, and it has come. This we find going back to Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. I will make a new covenant, not according to the covenant. So, folks, we see there is a clear difference. And then note, if you will, dear friends, verse 6, how he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Now, dear friend, may I ask you a question? Would you like to be a part of something that is of God more excellent or something that is not? I believe we know that answer. And then verse 6 affirms he is the mediator of a better covenant. Now, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4 reminds us how that Jesus Christ is our mediator of a better covenant, a better covenant, rather, which was established on better promises. Okay, dear friends, may I ask you, would you want to be part of something that God has deemed through Christ better than before? Well, I would, and I'm sure you would. If the first covenant had been faultless, no place would have been sought for a second. God would continue to let us remain under the old covenant. But if so, dear friends, where would the cross of Christ come into effect? The blood of bulls and goats were offered back then. We're not going to offer the blood of a bull or of a goat, because it cannot take away sin, Hebrews 10 and verse 4. We want to be with the one that has a better covenant, with better promises, with better blood, and that is Jesus Christ. And verse 13 simply says, And that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete or old. And the Hebrew writer said that is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And dear friends, it has through the cross of Jesus Christ. How thankful we are for the Lord fulfilling the law, thus bringing forth a new covenant in order that we should be made full in obedience. A covenant that was made through his blood shed on his cross. The blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, Matthew twenty-six twenty-eight. So, dear friends, when we look at Christ and the covenants, we see the old covenant served its purpose. But now the new covenant comes forth, and that is the covenant of which we will be judged this day. Now, dear friends, as we mentioned earlier in our broadcast, we bring forth our broadcast, We Do Not Want Your Money. We are delighted that we can offer all of our study materials absolutely free. We have our free Bible study course that is available by mail. That's right. We mail it to your house, to your house. You work on it at your pace. You send it back. We send you some more. It is a wonderful study that goes through the Word of God thoroughly with no denominational preference, with no denominational slant or anything of that nature. We'd like for you to just simply give it a try. Here's our J-Web with the details of how you can receive your home Bible study. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. 
That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Dear friends, how grateful we are for a better covenant with better promises through the power of the cross of Christ. Is it not safe to conclude that whereas the old covenant served those of old, that God's eternal purpose through Christ brings us the new covenant wherewith and wherein we should be obedient? The shed blood of which we believe in Christ, John 8, 24. We repent of our sins as Jesus commanded in Luke 13, 3 and 5. We confess Him before men as we note in Matthew 10, 32 and Acts 8, 37. And we're baptized because of His commandment in Matthew 28, 19 and in Mark 16, 16. That's the plan of salvation proclaimed through the gospel. How grateful we are that we can obey the gospel today. Would you contact a Church of Christ near you or contact us here at InternationalGospelHour.com and we will help you every way that we can toward your obedience to the gospel. But for the next 30 seconds or so, here's the information about the International Gospel Hour app for your smartphone. The International Gospel Hour app is available for your iPhone or Android. Go to the App Store for iPhones and Google Play for your Android. Search International Gospel Hour and download our app absolutely free. You can have access to our website, social media, podcasts, our YouTube channel, and other resources, all by the touch of your finger in the palm of your hand. Please download the International Gospel Hour app today. Dear friends, thank you for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour, and we will continue our studies together at another time. Join us next week here at this same time. And until next week, friends, I'm Jeff Archie, and as always with our broadcast, please keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh